2023, the year African countries will like to forget in a hurry. From over 1,300 cities and 130 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. 2023 was a turbulent year for African countries. The weight of the COVID-19 pandemic, geopolitical tension and breakdown in global supply chain took a toll on their economies. With several having debt obligations due, battered currencies and cash crunches have characterized these countries, making them unable to meet their debt obligations. Zambia and Ghana defaulted and have begun the lost and treacherous journey. Now Ethiopia is at risk of imminent default. Ondiro Oganga joins us now. Andiro, a few years back, Ethiopia recorded double-digit growth, and now it's on the verge of defaults. Ruth, what we know so far is that Ethiopia had an upcoming coupon of $33 million that was falling due on the 11th of December 2023. However, in a press briefing by the Ministry of Finance, they say that they were not in a position to pay. Um, starting 11th of December, up until the next 14 days, Ethiopia gets a grace period before it's considered a default state like Ghana and um, Zambia. Now, the default did not happen in a vacuum. Um, Ethiopia has been in conversations with its bondholders to try and get a restructuring deal. What they propose is to increase the amortization period by four years from July 2028 to January of 2032, but bring down the interest rate to 5.5% with 2.5% capitalized during the IMF program. However, the bondholders came back with a counter offer saying the amortization period should just be one year from July 2028 to July 2029 and interest rate maintained at 6.625%. This is where the rain began beating the, the conversations that they were having because the Ministry of Finance in Ethiopia says they appreciate the effort made by the bondholders to give a counter offer, but they say it doesn't it does not rather take into account the fiscal challenges that Ethiopia is currently going through. The Ministry of Finance also says there wasn't sufficient time between when the conversation started to when the next interest payment was due and those are some of the reasons why they could not reach a restructuring agreement. What do we know so far? How did the markets react to Ethiopia and being at risk of defaults? In the course of this week, particularly on Thursday, the government will be holding a call with some of its international bondholders to have a conversation on the state of the Ethiopian economy, explain where things were and what influenced that default decision, and then find a way to move forward with everybody on the same page. We are also expecting an IMF mission in Ethiopia early next year, and this is with the hope that they can reach a staff-level agreement. Remember, the Paris Club gave Ethiopia a deadline that they must have an IMF program um, in place by March 31st because this is what lays the parameters for a debt restructuring deal, failure to which they will null and void their debt suspension and Ethiopia will have to start paying back their interest rate. So these are just some of the developments that we expect to see in the next coming weeks or months. What is the next course of action in the next few days and the medium-term action? Contrary to how markets always react to this type of news, Ethiopian bonds have defied odds. Actually, they gained 
1%, lifting their trading price to 62.8%. And this is because of the competitive offer that the government had put forward to some of the bondholders. I'm speaking to different asset managers. They say the offer is in line with current market pricing. And also um, bondholders are hoping for a better deal by the end of the negotiations. That's why we are seeing um, Ethiopia's bond prices hold their own. However, on the flip side, not everybody is optimistic. The ad hoc committee of bondholders say it's unnecessary and unfortunate that the government opted to default. So not everybody is happy with this decision, but also EMTA is saying that Ethiopian bonds that were acquired on or after 11th of December following the default should trade on flat, just meaning that interest rate on these bonds will be paid if and when Ethiopia makes payment. Lay out for us the likely economic impact of this default, judging by Ghana and Zambia's experience. That's an interesting question. Where do we go from here, Ruth? I think that um, we wait to see how fast they'll be able to move with the IMF program, how fast they'll be able to enact it. Because if we take a look at Ghana, we take a look at Zambia, it wasn't easy getting the IMF deal over the line. And despite what government says and what textbook economics say, when we talk to some of the portfolio managers in asset companies that have that are holding Ethiopian bonds they say an agreement is not likely to come until mid next year that just means that um, Ethiopia will be constrained for necessary funds to fund critical sectors such as healthcare education infrastructure agriculture which are capital intensive areas if we go with Ghana ever since the default they've been locked out of the um, international borrowing market so you're likely to see Ethiopia also struggled to get access to the international bond market already, as is Ethiopia, Kenya, Egypt are struggling to get access to that market even before the default. Um, We're also likely to see further loss of investor confidence because remember that um, Ethiopia went through civil unrest, which left a bitter taste in the mouth of investors. Then they're struggling with um, foreign exchange um, and also their economy was heavily battered by COVID-19. So this is just going to add more strain to a place where the investor perception was not positive. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was slightly up around 74,045 on Tuesday in cautious trading as investors braced for the release of key U.S. inflation data later in the day and a slew of central bank meetings during the week. The incoming data will likely set the tone for the Federal Reserve's final meeting of the year on Wednesday. Locally, the forecast turns to South Africa's October mining and manufacturing figures set to be published. On the corporate front, Bites led the gains rising by as much as 3.5%, followed by Discam Pharmacies rising by 2% and Goldfields rising by 1.7%. Among the losers, Ital Tile, How Many Gold and Mars were the worst performers, shedding over 3% each. And a quick trip around Africa, the East African community in conjunction with Trademark Africa have unveiled an innovative app geared towards eliminating non-tariff barriers among member states. It has been backed to revo- to revolutionize to revolutionize the region's trading landscape by streamlining reporting, monitoring and resolution of impediments traders face as they conduct business across borders. This is seamlessly blending SMS, email and phone reporting methods 
offering economic operators a one-stop solution for effectively reporting non-tariff, non-tariff barriers to trade by streamlining the NTB reporting process. ESC says the app will aid traders and producers in tackling obstacles that impede their trade efficiency and competitiveness. The United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, UNCTAD, in its December 2023 Global Trade Update, says global trade in goods will decline by about $2 trillion this year, but trade in services sector is set to expand by $500 billion. UNCTAD adds that trade growth remains subdued in the fourth quarter, indicating persistent challenges. The outlook for 2024 remains uncertain but overall pessimistic. Global trade has experienced negative growth since mid-2022, primarily driven by a substantial decline in goods trade, which continued to contract in the first three quarters of the year. However, trade in services has displayed more resilience and its growth remained positive throughout the same period. Overall, the Global Trade Update projects that global trade will amount to about 30.7 30.7 trillion US dollars this year, representing a contraction of about 5% or about 1.5 trillion dollars compared with the record high reached in 2022. Specifically, trade in goods is expected to contract by nearly 2 trillion dollars or about 8%, while services trade should gain about 500 billion dollars or about 7%. Meanwhile, the decline in global trade is driven by developing countries and south-south trade, and while there has been resilient trade in North America, there has been an underperformance in East Asia and Africa. World Bank will make $100 million available to the Consortium of International Agricultural Research Centers through the Bank's International Development Association as part of its additional finance to accelerate climate research for Africa. World Bank Agriculture and Food Global Practice Director Matien Van Nieuwkop confirmed during the 28th Conference of the Parties in Dubai that the additional finance would be made available to accelerating impact of SIGA climate research for Africa project in 2024 and 2025. With the funding, the program will expand its work supporting smallholder farmers in law and middle-income countries to shape more resilient, sustainable and equitable food systems, reduce emissions from farming and boost access to nutritious, healthy diets. Through the additional $100 million in financing from the World Bank, the accelerating impact of SIGA climate research for Africa can continue to build on projects achieved so far. By the end of this year, the project is said to have supported nearly 5 million smallholder farmers and other African food system stakeholders with better access to innovation, which help them make informed decisions about how to grow crops or manage livestock in a fast-changing climate. The project activities are focused in Senegal, Mali, Ghana, Ethiopia, Kenya and Zambia, while also supporting an array of African regional organizations in West Africa as well as East and Southern Africa. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at the Fedon. <laughs>